Hello and welcome to the Everyday People podcast. My name is Vaibhav and thank you so much for listening in. If you've never heard a podcast before, listen to it while you're doing something else. Roll that intro. This week, I make my triumphant return. Triumphant how? I don't know. But this is the return from a month-long break. for a series that i've been doing for over 2 years called talk back tuesday talk back tuesday is a weekly interview series where i talk to somebody normal and find out what motivates them what excites them about the work that do that they do and the side projects that they have in the hope that when you listen to it you get excited about it and you find that someone else's life is as complex as your own So Talkback Tuesday started as blog posts. I would interview people over Messenger, I would copy their answers to my questions and I would edit them down and create the text post interview. But recently when I started the Everyday People podcast, I found that it was much better as a medium. And so I kept doing audio as well as transcribing the podcast into the interview, into the written interview. So now to make sure that they align and stay the same i'm renaming talkback tuesday to everyday people which keeps in line with the everyday people podcast and i am looking forward to bringing more interviews to you more inspiring stories to you every week so this week i got to interview masi gansler who is the district director for district 93 of toastmasters international now there's a lot to unpack there what is toastmasters international what is a district and what is a director Toastmasters International is a non-profit organization that helps its members improve their speaking and leadership skills. I myself have been a Toastmaster for 2 years now. Uh, a district is basically a a set of localities that together comprise uh, an area of leadership. So District 93 is the entirety of the country of South Korea. So she Masi being the district director means that she is in charge of the health and well-being of all the clubs in South Korea so that's about 76 clubs that she and her team take care of i spoke to her about uh, toastmasters about her hobbies on the side and she, uh, i got to meet her because we were at a conference together she was a guest at our district conference and i got to meet her and interview her very quickly so because of conditions of her recording I couldn't come up with too many questions which is why this is a short interview but nonetheless I hope you enjoy now listen in So my first question to you always is who are you what do you do and what is your current side project All right. Well, my name is Marcy Gansler. I am the current District 93 Director for Toastmasters International. We're based in the Republic of Korea, which is South Korea. And my side project, like my my actual job or So uh what do you do besides your work? Oh, besides my work. Well, my work is actually as an English teacher. Besides my work like hobbies, I am a Toastmaster, I'm a swing dancer, and I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> okay. Then let's talk about coffee. Uh oh, dear. <laughs> actually know about coffee <laughs> neither i'm i'm an instant guy myself okay, so. okay. <laughs> but um if you had to relate coffee and swing dancing because you do both of them um how do they interest you as in what interests you about coffee what interests you about swing dancing why do you consume both of them i don't know i'm making up questions <laughs> <laughs> um 
to be honest, they both provide energy. So if I don't go swing dancing the night before, then I usually need coffee the next day. But if I go swing dancing, I don't need coffee. So even though you would think, because swing dancing is really active, there's a lot of, I guess, cardio involved or something like that. Um, I find that it it rejuvenates me. So it's it's more of a a fuel in my life, much like public speaking in Toastmasters. All right. Um, last night when you were talking, you said that you are an English teacher for adults. Um, why do you specifically teach English? What do you enjoy about teaching? Uh, and you know, uh, you did say that teaching adults is a pleasure that um, not many other professions provide. So, what excites you about teaching? Okay, well, this is a little bit of a long story, but I never wanted to be a teacher. I never wanted to be a teacher, but I am going on my 11th year of official teaching. Um, when I was a child, I wanted to be a lawyer, and then I ended up, you know, teaching opportunities always popped up in my life. When I was in middle school, my pastor asked me to teach Sunday school, and you can't say no to your pastor. It's like saying no to God, okay? If you're religious, you understand. And then I was a tutor in my high school for my classmates. I was a tutor at my community college. I was an English tutor for international students at my university. And then it's just one of those things that kept following me around, but I never wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a counselor. I wanted to help people. And then my senior year of university, my advisor sat me down and he said, Marcy, what do you want to do next year? Because you have to do an internship. And I'm sorry, am I speaking too quickly? I ate a lot of sugar today. Okay. So what do you want to do next year? You have to do an internship to graduate. We'll help you arrange one in your chosen field. And what I was going to say is I want to be a guidance counselor. But what came out is I want to teach English in South Korea. So they hooked me up with an internship in my university. I spent two semesters teaching English with a professor uh, supervising me. And then I moved to Korea. And it was supposed to be two to three years. I taught elementary Uh, preschool, elementary, middle school for two years, and then I wanted a new challenge. And so I moved to high school. I taught high school for seven and a half years. And I just finished my stint at high school this year, and I moved into business English, working with adults uh, as a new challenge, something that's interesting to me. So I've taught the whole spectrum. I love teaching because, though I'm not a trained teacher, I've never taken an education class. I've never taken a certification course or anything like that. But it's just so much fun. And it's like when you give a speech in front of a good audience, they give you energy and you take that energy and you throw it back at them. And that's what teaching does to me. And there's that time where, because I teach conversation, I facilitate conversation. That's all I do is I make people use English in Korea. And there, I've had so many students come back to me, send me messages later on and they're like, Marcy, you know, looking back on my high school life or my school life, your class was so much fun. And that's all I need. So it, it makes me so happy. Okay. Um in your experience as an English teacher, um, what have been the three best pieces of advice you've ever come across? Maybe a student taught you something or maybe you gave uh, the, your student a piece of advice. So if you had to give the audience three pieces of advice, what would they be? Three pieces of advice? Good Lord. Um, the biggest thing is because I teach English in a, in a country where English is not the native language. And so the big, one of the best pieces of advice is, is just do it. That's a Nike thing, but just do it. Because a lot of my students, they get really hung up on pronunciation. They get really shy. They don't want to look foolish in front of their classmates, and they get nervous. But you just do it. And and maybe you make a mistake, but then you learn from that mistake. You come back, and you do it better. I think someone in my, I think it was in my district, no, someone recently talked about fail better. Who was that? Maybe it was at Kochi Toastmasters. There was a speech. 
fail better. And that's exactly what you do. You fail once, you learn from the mistake, you come back and you fail better in the future. So that's one piece of advice. The second piece of advice I've heard would be, no, really, that's the only one. Because it, it, it applies to so many things. It applies to my students, it applies to myself as an educator, it applies to myself in my work life, in my personal life. Just, just do it. And um, people aren't judging you. So you just have to go out and try. All right, so this is the last question of the interview portion of this thing. Um, what's your takeaway message to whoever's listening? What's your call to action? If you want them to, if you want to advertise something, if you want to advertise Toastmasters here, you can. If you have a book that you're selling, you can. <laughs> but otherwise, um, make the audience do something. Send them home happy. Send them home happy, good Lord. Toastmasters has been the, the, one of the greatest things that's ever happened in my life. I joined Toastmasters six years ago, it was January 2012, and I joined because I had a fear of public speaking. I really did, even though I was a teacher, even though I spent every day of my life in front of an audience, it was terrifying. Um, at the start of the new semester, I would not sleep the night before. I would cry in between my classes because I put so much pressure on myself and I felt that everyone was judging me and, and I was horrible. But you didn't know that when you saw me go in front of my class. You thought it was, you would have thought I was perfectly fine. So when I joined Toastmasters, when I learned about this organization, it, it helped me so much. It gave me so many opportunities to, to speak in front of an audience, to get feedback, but mostly just to grow in confidence. And, and now I'm the district director. So if there's one takeaway, it's that, you know, really, I shouldn't even be here. To, to be honest, I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere in rural Washington state. And the fact that I'm sitting here in, in India at a district, as a guest at a district conference of people that I met, you know, two years ago, we're friends, I've made friends all around the world. And if there's anything that I can tell people, it's that when opportunity comes, you take that opportunity. I never would have joined leadership in Toastmasters if someone hadn't given me the opportunity. Uh, when I joined Toastmasters in 2012, it was May, and my VPM said, Marcy, I'm gonna run for president. And I was like, that's great. And he's like, I want you to be my VPE. And I was like, no, that sounds awful. Why would I wanna do that? I don't wanna stand in front of people. He's like, no, 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 you'll be great. I, I, he didn't say, I see something in you. But you know, it was implied. So he gave me that hand and when that opportunity comes you take it because you never know when it's going to come again and that's how I became VPE and then I moved on to president I became the conference chair in 2013 I was the area director division director program quality director and now district director like those those opportunities keep coming up so when somebody gives you the chance take it and you watch where the ride takes you all right so that will conclude the interview portion technical difficulties here as my phone just happened to stop recording so here we are jumping into a conversation about korea and india enjoy bye and, and said that they have an interesting korean culture and i feel really guilty because first of all i'm not really korean <laughs> and so i'm just like oh yeah korean culture great uh yeah i know that k-pop group not really and then i also feel guilty i have a korean dress and one of the things I was going to do is I was going to bring it with me, but it was too big for my suitcase. So I feel kind of bad that like, oh, I should have shown off my culture. That's not my culture, but my culture. Uh, but people are fantastic here. Everyone's so kind. The food is delicious. I eat so much. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And it's, it's been a great first time to India. Hopefully not the last. So, okay, you're not Korean, you're American, you said? Okay, so I am American. I have an American passport. I was raised in America, but I'm ethnically Korean, and I was born in Korea, but I was adopted. Right. So 
everyone here gets a little confused. I was talking with um, the guy who's helping Derek out a lot, and he, I was like, oh yeah, I'm from Korea, blah, 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 oh great, and then like a day later he was like, your English is really good. <laughs> so I, I have to explain, I explain that all the time in Korea too. So I'm American by citizen, by nationality and Korean by ethnicity. But you live in Korea now because you're the district director. Well, I moved to Korea in 20, 2008, 2008 to teach. And then I've just stayed there. Okay. The food's really good. Korean. The food seems to be good everywhere. I mean, if you enjoy food, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping to go to Korea this year. Let's see. Mm-hmm. My first international trip somewhere. Would you recommend Korea or would you recommend... New York, I, because New York's also on my bucket list. I think it just depends on what interests you, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, Seoul, Seoul is a great city, but it's like every other big city. And I think that people who travel will tell you the same thing. Yeah. Like, big cities are big cities are big cities. Um, but if you get outside of the city, Korea has great mountains if you like hiking. Um, there's great seafood if you eat a lot of fish. Um, it, it's... I, I love Korea. I, I've stayed there for 10 years. I wouldn't have stayed if I didn't love it. Right. So, so I've never been to New York, though, so I can't compare. Um, okay, so, like, I do this because uh, I'm not much of a traveler myself. I do this because I find it fun to talk to people. And it's been a personally rewarding project for me. If, uh, if you could talk to people anywhere in the world to get to know what their lives are like, who would you talk to? Personally, I think someone in Afghanistan would be a very interesting person to talk to to see what their life is like someone in Russia would be great Uh, if you had to make a goal out of meeting new people which country would you prefer it's an interesting question but I don't I don't know that I can answer because so many different people have so many different experiences than I have and I've been lucky to talk to to many different people Um, like I never thought I'd be in India and I never thought I'd get to talk to people in India uh, just because I, I grew up so far removed from this. So to see different experiences, even in Korea, every day when I talk to people, they have different backgrounds than I do. They've had different experiences in education than I've had. I, I want to talk to everyone. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, fair enough, because I guess you meet so many people, you have to like it, otherwise you wouldn't do this. It is exhausting, though, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this conference has been exhausting. <laughs> There's so many people. Well, this is the case with India. There's just too many people everywhere. But I mean, the same thing in Seoul. Like, Seoul, I grew up, my, the nearest town to my home is a town of 1,100 people. Okay. Seoul is a city of 12 million people. Mm. I don't know about uh, Kochi, but I, I know that India, population-wise, is very dense. Um, in the cities, especially. But... It feels, and I've been really, I've been really, I- Okay, we're recording again. I'm sorry we cut out. <laughs> um, yeah, but we were, yeah, swing dancing. What is it? Why do you do it? So swing dancing came about in like 1920s, 1930s Harlem. And it was started by African-American people who, um, they set it to jazz music, which is usually improvised. It's very... Yes, 1920s Harlem. So 1920s, 1930s Harlem, started by African-Americans who lived in that community. It's set to jazz, which is known for its its um, improv, basically. Um, musicians just kind of make stuff up. And it's very active. There are different types of swing. I do Lindy Hop. And it's usually an eight-count dance with a partner. And it's very lively. It's 
look it up on YouTube. It's so much fun. And actually, Korea has one of the best swing dance scenes in the world, from what I've heard. I took up swing dancing in 2015 in Korea. Even though it's from the States, I only learned about it in Korea. And some of the best dancers live in Korea. So I don't know if you got an opportunity to see me dance last night. Oh, I don't you, you, you were drunk. drunk. Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> um, no, but we performed as well. Uh, so I understand what you mean when you say dance is lively, it's energetic, it's fun. Um, do you feel that dance is your best way of coping with stress? Do you have a lot of stress in your life? Or are you happy with like everything that's going on for you? Dance makes me happy. So I mean, yeah, when I'm stressed I'll go dancing. When I, but I'm, when I'm stressed I'll also read a book or I'll eat a chocolate cake. Not a piece of chocolate cake, I'll eat the chocolate cake. <laughs> um, or I'll go to Toastmasters or something. So it just depends on what, what's causing the stress. But dance is one of those, just one of those parts of my life that, that I, now that I have it, I couldn't do without it. What are you reading now? It's a good question. Um, Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. Also gun, Guns, Germs, and Steel. Uh, something about that and I just finished when breath becomes air or when air becomes breath or something like that okay well, tell me about that book so it was written by a neurosurgeon who was diagnosed with uh, inoperable cancer okay. and he talked about his he talked about his journey that led him to become a neurosurgeon but then um, how he had started with like an English literature degree and then he moved on to neuroscience and neurosurgery and then he talked about his his end journey and how becoming a, going from doctor to patient kind of showed him, I don't know, humanized the process for him. And unfortunately, he passed away before the book was finished, but his publisher was able to finish it, publish it, and it, it became quite a hit. So I'm kind of running out of questions. You're wonderful to talk to. Oh, thank you. But I'm not, as an interviewer, I kind of suck. Oh, no, 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 you're fine, you're fine. Thank you. Um, Usually because when I ask people about their motivations, they brighten up. But I guess you're used to speaking about that thing at Toastmasters, so I'm lost. I just get, a, I don't know, I get a little nervous because like people, I don't know, recently like at my conference, everyone's like, oh, the conference was so great, Marcy, congratulations, you did such a great job. And, and I don't like talking about myself because I'll, honestly, I didn't do anything about it. Like the conference, I did nothing in my conference. Right. It was all the people around me. So everything that's happened in my district or anything that's happened in my Toastmasters career that's been good, it's been because I have amazing people to work with. So when people ask me, like, why do you do this, or how did you do this, or, or congratulations on doing this, it, it's never been about me. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know how to answer those questions. I was speaking to the conference chair for this, uh, this event as well. She said the same thing, interestingly. She said that um, she's just surrounded with great people, and she's delegated the work, and she's been able to relax. Mm -hmm. I mean, but don't you think as a leader, you're, not, you're never relaxed, because, again, the responsibility is on, on you. Mm -hmm. And so, even though you're just coordinating the effort, it's still a lot of work. So, as a leader, do you feel sometimes like that you're not doing enough or...? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially when, when, when something happens that's not that good. Yeah. And, and then you think, okay, well I failed, how did I fail and what, what should I have done? But it, the best thing about Toastmasters, which everybody knows who's in Toastmasters, is that this is a safe place where we can, we try and we fall and we try again. So it's fall down seven, get up eight, you know? And it's been a great learning opportunity. 
Um, I failed. This oh, I failed so many times. I know that I've let people down. I know I've let. Most importantly, though, I've let myself down. But there's two things that you can do in that situation. You can either quit, or you can assess, evaluate, and then move forward. Move forward, and and that's what you you have to do if you're going to grow. Would you care to tell me about one of your failures? Something that stands out to you? Oh, there's so many. Go ahead, pick one. So many. Uh, I can't pick one right now. All right, <laughs> all right, that's okay. Um, well, I'm sort of out of questions. That's yeah, okay. But this has and been a lot that's it. That was fun. the interview. I, I hope, hope you enjoyed it. As well. yes, it if you Thank did you. enjoy it, Thank please so do share Thank with you. your friends. Let me know what you think. I'm on Twitter at Vaibhav Gupta. Who V A I B H A V G U P T A W H O. I know it's long, but reach out to me. Uh, maybe I can interview you as well. Anyway, I'll see you next time. Bye.